Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including animated films, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. And Andy Potter. Hello. As the title of this podcast suggests, we will be ranking our top five films of 2017 and decide if this past year was good for animation, at least where films are concerned. Um, find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, where we appreciate your star ratings. Or search for Overly Animated on your favorite podcatcher. So before we get into these rankings, guys, I wanted to spend some time talking about 2017 as a whole. Just in terms of animated films, how do your 2017 movie-going experiences compare to previous years? Michelle. Um, I think it was a little on the sad side this uh-huh. past year, to be honest. But I mean, there were still some gems, but I think on the whole, like even we were talking about this earlier, but just like scrambling to come up with five top films was kind of a challenge in of itself. Yeah, yeah. If it were an emoji, what would it be? The frowny face? Oh. Uh, you know, in so celebration. That, that could have been in a contender. Maybe that is on someone's list. No, no, no. There was at least one movie we podcasted about that was bad that was better than the Emoji movie. And if you put the Emoji movie above something on this list, I'll be bad at all of emoji you. Emoji movie before Ferdinand. Hot take. <laughs> it is. Oh, God. All right. All right. Well, Andy, what about you? How was your 2017? It was pretty similar. I think. But I think the bigger part of this year is that it was just filled with a lot of animated movies that I just wasn't motivated to see. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a ton of movies that came out this year that I – not only did I not see because I because I heard they were bad, but I wasn't even interested in going to see them. And I think that's – like, I feel like we're at, like, a saturation point for a lot of weird movies. Like, like did anyone ask for Boss Baby or, like, the Ninjago oh. movie, Lego movie? Like, there were all these movies that were just, like – I just had no interest in, but there were still some good ones like Michelle was mentioning, but I don't know. It felt like there was just a lot of movies that just came out of nowhere that, yeah, (laughs) I guess that's the best way to put it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So for me, my biggest, I guess, disappointment with this year is that there are so many movies that no one saw because they couldn't see them. You know, like, there are some movies that because of either limited release or because of international release dates or just, I don't know, they just, for some reason, they just weren't available to, like, a wide audience. So, I mean, I could spend so much time talking about a movie, but if no one can see it because it's not in their theater, there's only so much I can do. So, like, that was what was most frustrating to me. I mean, I agree. In comparison to other films... I mean, not, I mean, other years, it, it wasn't that great. There was like, I just, I guess like there was no like movie that not just got critical success, but got like everybody saw it in the public too. Like it just, it wasn't a great year for animation. And I kind of agreed that it just has not been going the way it should in terms of like progression. It, it, it feels like a step back, whereas maybe a couple years ago, it could have been a step forward. I feel even, like, last year was a step forward. Like, there was a ton of incredible stuff. Definitely. Like, even... It was a good year. 
Totally. 2016, in terms of just, like, even, like, the big blockbuster, quote-unquote, movies, in terms of, like, animated movies, so, as in, like, the Pixar movies, the Disney movies, like, e- like last year, they were really great, and this year, it wasn't always great, if that makes sense. So, yeah. 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 But what about these top five lists you guys made? Like, were they difficult? How was the process? And what was your criteria? Um, Andy? For me, uh, the top three were pretty simple because I only saw – I actually counted the number of movies I've actually seen this year, and I think it was eight that were animated this year because there was just mm. a million this year that came out that, like, I just never want to see. Like, I never – like I said, I never saw Boss Baby. I never saw – and but, the, but I never saw some movies I wanted to see, like Breadwinner, which I think would make this list if I saw it, but I didn't see it. So the first three were pretty easy, and then the last two were just – I don't think these deserve to be on any top five list, but I had to pick two. <laughs> I, yeah, I had to, top five. You gotta put something there. You gotta. You, I mean, like, I think, but I think it's gonna be interesting to talk about some of these lower ranked movies. It's gonna be interesting. Michelle, what about you? What did you think? Like, well, how was your top five list making? My criteria basically was broken up into three categories: nostalgia, like personal nostalgia, um, like. Very good, can't deny, top quality, and like, I don't know what to put here, but it might deserve it, question mark. So those are my three categories. Gotcha, gotcha. And was it like hard to like, in that lower rank? Because I feel like the top are easy to pick, but the lower rank, was it hard? Was it painful? Yeah, like, basically what Andy was saying, like, once I got down to number four and five, I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to put here. So I, I I revisited some and thought about it for a while, and then I made decisions. But it was the first three were super easy to write down. Yeah, yeah. It, it, for me, I'm lucky given that I live in a place where a lot of movies are available, just in general, whether they're indie, animated, whatever it is. So I saw I think the most animated films out of the three of us. So mm-hmm. I didn't struggle in making the list. Um, it was, for me, it was pretty clear. It was like, okay, I know my number one, I know my number two, three, four. Like, it it all just was like, okay, this is easy to make. Um, but yeah, I think what was going to be frustrating was just having to talk about it because I know that so many people haven't seen certain movies. So, but yeah, it, it, if you watch, if they're available to you, it's easy. If they're not, it's not. And that's just sucks. It sucks. I hate how that is. But, um, but yeah, um, let's get into these rankings. Disclaimer, which I kind of already said, we have not seen every film that came out this year for a multitude of reasons. Um, um, we don't receive screeners that film critics do. Um, we should. So any PR person listening to this, shoot me an email just so, um, you know. But, um, yeah, these are our top five best films of 2017. So, all right, let's go with, well, this is how we're going to do it. We're just going to say our fifth one. We're going to go around, say it, talk about it, and then move down, move up the list, move up our lists. So, um, yeah, number five, uh, Michelle, which is your number five? My, my number five <laughs> <laughs> animated film for this year um, is the Lego Batman movie. I, I I decided on this because, like, honestly, 
I think it's amazing that this movie was because Batman was like one of the most memorable characters from the original Lego movie. It makes a lot of sense. You get a spinoff movie and there were a lot of fun characters. The animation was pretty awesome to see on a big screen. And it, it just didn't take itself too seriously, which like, yeah, that was kind of the only way to go with this. Cause the Batman Lego version of Batman is just like so ridiculous. And they really hyped that up the entire time. I think that was a good call. So yeah, it was, it was a really fun, just chill, ridiculous movie. So it's my number five. I mean, it got 91 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, is- people, it was well received by people. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you, Andy? What's your number five? My number five is a movie that I do not think is good. So okay. I want to preface that. I want to okay. preface with that. Uh, my number five is the Pokemon movie because I refuse to let Ferdinand win my fifth slot. Aw, <laughs> poor Ferdinand. Nick Jonas is singing somewhere a sad song for you. Confirm something. Is that the movie where Pikachu talks in English? Yes, and it is. It is. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty awesome. That movie, like That's at the very least, like, Poke- the Pokemon movie this year at least made me, made me feel things. I felt nostalgic, and it, it's kind of cheap that like I chose nostalgia over something, I guess. But I mean, at least I felt I something. Ferdinand made me feel nothing, and that was like the only. That was like the <laughs> other movie fighting for this fifth fifth slot. Like at the very least, Pokemon was fun. It had some. It had some silly moments. It, it it was a coherent plot. It was a movie. Ferdinand didn't have okay. those things. Yeah, <laughs> but Ferdinand. Quote of the podcast. Not trying, I'm not trying to bash another movie here. It's just I'm trying to explain, like, I don't think either of these movies are good. It's just one of them was a little better, and that was Pokemon. And I also do think the meme, the memeability of Pikachu talking was oh yes, a big draw, let's say. I mean, I'm still scarred by that video I saw. I know about it, but it, man, did that take off on the internet. It was so good. All right, all right. Um, Well, for me, my number five is a movie I actually saw recently. It's called Have a Nice Day. It's this Chinese animated film. And it's so, how can I describe this movie? It's like not a movie for children. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, and it, what's crazy about it is that the director kind of animated everything for the most part. Like, he kind of did everything. So the okay. animations, it's very stylized, and it's very, the mo- movements are pretty minimalistic, understandably so, but because of that, it every motion is, like, much more meaningful in a way. Like, it's 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 weird. It's a, it's a strange film, and... What makes it my fifth film is that I would not be able to see this movie here. Like, this is not a movie that, you, that, this was not a movie that an American animation studio could make. Simply because mm-hmm. they wouldn't bother. They just mm-hmm. wouldn't, they wouldn't bother making an adult animated film. Like, this is something I could see on Adult Swim, if that makes any sense. Ah, uh, like, okay. Uh, I, I Google searched and looked at the images. Like, it looks like something that would air on Adult Swim, honestly. Yeah. I'm looking at it too. For the record, I said it. For the record, I searched "Have a Nice Day" on Google. Totally found Bon Jovi for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Give it for me too. I'm like, uh, uh, the movie. that was the wrong thing. For the record, but um, but yeah, it's um, it's a it's interesting movie. I think it comes out in a couple weeks. I don't know how wide the release will be, but um, but yeah, very 
cool and it does have a lot of like commentary on certain things in China and it's like it's a, a black comedy which is not something you often I think I, I think I think outside of what like BoJack Horseman and Rick and Morty and Family Guy maybe like black comedy isn't really that yeah. present in our animation oh and Bob's Burgers but I don't know Bob's Burgers is I don't know if it's that a pretty out. uplifting show I'd say yeah. Bob's Burgers it's not it doesn't really dwell in darkness very often yeah yeah so um, that's my number five. Um, definitely, if anyone has a chance to see it and wants to see something that they often don't see in animation, go watch this movie. But um, but yeah, let's go into our number four, Michelle. Oh boy, um, my my number four is Loving Vincent, hey. which was a to be to be completely honest. Like I was so hyped once I saw the trailer. When I saw the actual movie, I was super disappointed. <laughs> because, like, ha- have either of you seen it? Yeah. I have. Okay, so, to me, it just felt like they rotoscoped a normal movie and painted on top of it. And that bummed me out. Because it didn't, like, I, I love the, like, oil paint itself. But I honestly didn't feel like it added a ton. Like, it just it just felt like a bunch of like rotoscoped painting over like an actual scene that somebody filmed first and then they like mapped it out frame by frame. But like I don't know, I just it didn't feel that creative and I was really expecting uh... it to be creative. So I don't know. And like I don't know I, I thought I was gonna be like really interested in like, you know, Vincent's life and like talking about his suicide and like his family upbringing and stuff. But, like, I don't know, it just felt kind of flat to me. And maybe it's just, like, this is my personal opinion. But, like, I, I don't know. It just kind of bummed me out that it wasn't quite what I was expecting. And I felt like it was a missed opportunity to do something more creative. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I agree with some things. A little bit disagree with some other stuff. But I will have more to say later. Um, uh, Andy, same. Andy same. what about you? What's your uh, number four? My number four is a movie that I actually don't have. It's much bad to say about my number four is Lego Batman. Um, okay, I think Ooh, I yay. think this movie is like I think there's a little bit of jokiness about it, but I mean I think it's actually a good movie. I think this movie's it, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's just a fun little thing. Like it's not it doesn't it, it's not like an Academy Award winning film by any means. But I mean it's a fun movie, and there's and that's fine. It's a fun movie with fun characters and making fun of itself a lot, but um. I do think this is the end, though. I don't want more of this. You know what I mean? Like this, <laughs> the Lego this, franchise. Yeah, yeah. I don't need more. Like, I think this was a good spinoff, but we don't need, like, Lego Batman 2. We don't need Ninjago. Like, this was enough. This, like, sated my, like, appetite for silly Lego movie stuff. Oh, you know that they're just getting started. Oh, they're I know They're just that. getting I, started. I'm just being oh, clear boy. that I don't want to see any more of them. But, yeah, I think this movie is actually fine. This movie's fun. I, I kind of, like, I agree. I, I don't, this isn't a spoiler. Lego Batman is not on my list. But I think it was good. It just kind of proved that, one, if you weren't a fan of Batman, this movie probably isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. That explains some things. Yeah. And also, you know, it, supporting characters sometimes are meant to be supporting characters. Yeah. I'm not saying there's not problems. Yeah. That's why it's four. But it's. I do think it's a fun movie. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it was going to be my number five. Like, that was, like, I had stuff ready for it, but then I saw him have a nice day, and I was like, all right, you know what? No. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, for me, my number four is Cars 3. Oh. Yeah, a big budget Pixar movie. I mean, again, it's Cars 3, but, yeah, that's my number four. Sorry, these numbers are confusing me. Um yeah, uh, Cars 3, number four. Number four. <laughs> but um, I'll be honest, like, for, like, two-thirds of this movie, I was like, this is pointless. They're not saying anything. It's a rehash. Like, what is the point of this movie? It's a derivative. What What are you trying to say? And then there's this one scene with a certain car yelling at another car, and okay. suddenly it all fell into place. Suddenly I was like, oh, this is what you're doing. Okay. And then at the end, it's, like, it's that third act. Because I'm very much someone who thinks that, I mean, I, who would prefer, like, an amazing ending to a amazing beginning. Like, I'd rather have the amazing ending. Because that final, leaving a movie on that final note really impacts how you experience the movie again and think about it. So, with Cars 3, like, that third act wrapped everything together and was so good and said so many things about about you know glass ceilings and chances and opportunities to people who are systematically shut off shut out of things and it just really worked and i really loved it and i couldn't believe that cars 3 was giving me this type of message <laughs> like i could not believe like the the things i wanted in a movie to explore cars 3 was the one to do it and no other movie did it in this year. Wow. Cars 3 does it. And I was just like, what? And I loved it. I lo- like Because of that ending, I loved it. But I can't, I can't in good conscience put it above the films that follow. Because those first two acts were a little, uh, and just technically it is the third of an installment. We're familiar with these, these cars and what, they're slightly sleeker. The dust on that like pickup truck guy. What what's his name? I, like that. Does I don't know? even know. I don't know this franchise very well. You know, no, I, I know. think. Yeah. I think there was some actually some pretty impressive animation stuff at some points. Like there were some shots where they had like the cars going above the camera and stuff, and I think the ground was pretty well animated there. And I really liked the beach animations, and I, I think there was some quality animation here. I oh, think totally. that they. I but just I think, don't think it's revolutionary. Is what I'm no, saying. there's nothing revolutionary. I think, I, I think it's a little disingenuous, though, to say that it's... I think you were kind of implying that it wasn't good. I just want to make sure it's clear that you're not saying that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a good movie. Again, it's number four, best film yeah. of 2017. It's, it's my number four. I just think that just in terms of... Even though the animation like style updated, like it's, yeah. it's the same thing we saw in Cars 1, just sleeker and nicer and yeah. better. Yeah, that's fair. Which is... Like, I, makes sense. You know, it's... It's newer text, so of course it's going to look nicer. I just think that, I guess they didn't do, I guess because they're, it's the third one, so we're stuck with what was pre, like, they weren't going to show us, like, a crazy cool car that is from, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, I expected car the cars to look cooler, and they didn't, they just looked like NASCARs, which is fine, but. I, I might talk about this movie later. Spoilers, but I just want to because we're just on this specific topic. I want to touch on yeah, something yeah, like please. I think I think the newer cars, like like um, what was his name, Jackson Storm. Yeah. Like yeah, I think they actually looked a lot worse because they were way too shiny. Like mm. it just looked 
poor. Like one of the best parts of Cars One was like all the cars were dirty and they felt real. Like you, they felt tangible. Like when mm-hmm. when like when um when Lightning was going around that like dirt track, like he was getting covered in dirt and his and his like sides were getting all like dusty and stuff. And it was it felt cool. It felt like the world was alive. And then you get the and the new cars all felt just like they felt lifeless because they never really interacted with the world around them. They just existed on the racetrack. It that didn't it didn't really help. Yeah, that, I mean that's uh, again also very true. I think I just again it's a good movie. I recommend it. I I don't know if I recommend Cars two, but Cars three hundred percent recommend. But again, at this uh, there just comes a point where it's like they're cars. How much can you do with cars? And this movie showed me not that much. Like they could have done something, but they didn't. Like they didn't take it like I don't know just visually it didn't do something for me that I needed it to be done to place it higher or at least to do to place higher than the one that I'm going to talk about later at least for number three so but yeah um let's let's go into number three um Andy what's your number three? Oh, I'm next okay my number mm-hmm. three Switching it up, was guys. is yeah no I'm fine I'm fine my list is right here my number okay. three is Loving Vincent okay I also right. for the record I watched Loving Vincent. I'm checking my clock here. I finished watching it about an hour from now exactly. But um, yeah, so this is a little fresh in my mind. I'm not fully sure how I feel about the movie yet. I was a little less down on the animation than you were, Michelle. But that's mm-hmm. also because I went to the movie with no ex- expectations. Like, I found it very pretty. Um, I did not find the actual plot that interesting, to be honest. Right? Isn't that sad? Yeah. I feel like people really loved it for the animation, but like it's sad that the story isn't interesting. Like I actually like the yeah. third act a lot more, and that actually mm-hmm. made me feel a lot higher on it. I liked the thematic because it felt it also felt a lot more. Um, what's the art term? Uh, not is it expressionist? Whatever. What's the word? Abstract. Abstract. Felt a lot more abstract in the later mm-hmm. parts. Like there was a lot. There was a, there were fewer scenes with just people talking, and it felt like yeah, the art, that's fair. Because because. This this movie is the best when it's not showing two people sitting in a room talking, but ninety percent of the movie yeah. talking to each other. It's yeah. like I didn't, and like I didn't know about the movie, but I could tell very quickly like people weren't coming to this movie to see people be rotoscoped into paint. Like that yeah. wasn't that's what was too. But it, exactly, it was very impressive. Like all the art was very impressive. Like whenever they were like in a field or next to a, mm-hmm. a dock or something, it was like. I was like, yeah, this is great. Can't we have more scenes? Like, can't they just talk and be in the background? Can't the people talking? Like, we can tell who they are. We can tell who people are because they're all wearing bright clothing. Like, just have them in the background in front of these incredible paintings and I'll enjoy it. But again, this, the plot was a little... I mean, it, it's a biography, so it's going to be a retread of some things. Like, I knew a lot about... How do you pronounce the name Van Gogh? Is that how it is? Because I... Cause, this movie made me second guess how you pronounce Van Gogh because I thought it was Van Gogh for. I, I thought it was Van Gogh also. Is it not Van Gogh? It's it's Van Gogh, Gosh or something. Golf. I don't. Oh, I, I, Somebody I'm tells me Van because I, I can say that and people will know what I mean. Um. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna call him uh, Vincent. Yes, yeah. Vinny. I'm just gonna say yeah. Vinny. It's a very intimate <laughs> Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that I thought the ending of this movie landed a lot better. And I do, I agree with you, Beatrice. An ending sticks with me a lot more than a beginning. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, um, this movie ended a lot better than it began. It, I felt a little emotional at the end. I felt things for the characters and for Vincent Van Gogh himself. But 
there were a lot of things this movie promised that didn't really didn't really pay off i guess and it was still fun i still liked that i'd seen it but i think there were a couple better movies this year still yeah yeah totally um Michelle, what I'll do is I'll go number three, and then you'll finish off number three, because my number three is also Loving Vincent. Okay, yeah. And I agree. Like, the reason why Cars Day couldn't be superior to it is because visually, Loving Vincent is beautiful. It's probably, for me, the most beautiful animated film of the year. But, yeah, that, that plot. Let's talk about that plot. So, they are so, like, it's just... It was so formulaic in the, like, any, like, reveal, anything. It was just, like, we did this three times already, and you're still doing the same formula to get information across. Like, it's the same thing. Let me tell you about his childhood. But did you know this thing about him? He was also very sad. Let's go to a sad part. Oh, it's a flashback. It's black and white. Can you tell? And, you know, the thing is, and also... The what bothers me the most is as well is that this film was it tried so hard to be a love letter to Vincent mm-hmm. that it fails to actually talk about the bad things that he does. Like it romanticizes certain oh, things yeah, for sure. And doesn't actually like visually like this is. I had this lady uh, sitting next to me who apparently is like an expert on Van Gogh, and oh, she cool. after the movie she kind of like grabbed my arm and was like. Like, basically, she needed to talk about this movie with someone, and I was that someone. <laughs> you were the closest person. Exactly. So, and she saw me, like, writing down as I was, like, watching it. So she was like, okay, I'm going to talk to you. And she was just like, this is a movie for kids. Like, they don't go into anything about him. And, like, there doesn't, like, they don't, they, like, basically saying they romanticize so much of his life because the movie itself is such a love letter to him that I just think, you know, if you're not, like, I get it. Like, you you really, like, he's someone every, all, like, probably all the artists who worked on this movie look up to, but there comes a point where it's like, if you're not gonna, you know, like, that's not true. Like, you're saying lies about, like, I get as a dramatization, but at the same time, like, he, like, slept with, he paid women to sleep with him, and his love interest, like, his girlfriend found out. And that's why, like, she was depressed, and that's why she broke up with him, or something oh. like that. And then all this I had to look up later. Yeah, all I didn't know that. Because the movie doesn't even slightly touch upon it. And ev- and what really, really sent this home for me that bothered me about it, and again, this is my number three. I like visually this movie. Like, I visually like this movie, but there's just... The people in the movie talked about Vincent as if... They were talking about him in the present. They weren't talking about him as if they had actually known him as a person. Everyone was just like, oh, he was a genius. Oh, he was revolutionary. And I was just like, wait, wasn't the point of Vincent that, like, <laughs> to no, him. no, the, but wasn't the point of him is that no one, like, really appreciated him. him? Yeah. You like, get that, that vibe like, a little more from the beginning of the movie, I guess. But yeah, for sure. Like, that was the whole point. And then all these people were like, oh, he was such a great artist and he had such a future ahead of him. Nope. And why did he do this? And I was just like, but why are you talking about him the way we talk about him? Like, you don't talk about him because you know him. Like, you are part mm-hmm. of that time period. You're too much of our time period. And I just didn't, I didn't like that. And it, it, it that, like, the plot of this movie, it's just such a disappointment because the, the, the movie itself, for me, like, again, I loved the way it was, like, animated. And there was just so much there that I really enjoyed. And yet, the, 
the plot, the dialogue, like just the characterizations of people. It's like I understand what they were trying to do because this is basically a love letter to him. But the the fact that you're using real people, like you're using like actual facts of life instead of like telling a different story based on his paintings, not based on his life, then maybe that could have been cool. But instead you don't. And I don't know. I, I kind of wanted more of kind of like that Doctor Who episode of Vincent Van Gogh where it does deal yes. with the darkness and the positive. Instead, I just got, look, look how great he was, and look, all this stuff. Ignore the bad. There is, what bad? The bad does not exist. He was there just is no bad, bad man. That's, that's all. I think exactly. that, I'm still, like, processing the movie as I talk about, as we talk about it. And I think my problem with it is that it took half measures with what it did. Because I've seen two movies that are essentially biopics in the recent past that took very different approaches. And one of them is not really a movie, but it's a story. It's a form of media. And the first was Hamilton, which is a huge dramatic – like, it, it dramatizes everything. And it's like a lot of it's not really true, but it follows the spirit of what happened. Yeah. And that's one way to do, like, a biography-type thing. And the other was The Disaster Artist, which yeah, is, a lo- is a lot more true to form of, like, what Tommy's actually like and what the main characters are like. And this movie can't decide which one it wants to be. It does. It can't decide whether it wants to be really true to Vincent or want to prop him up, and it needs to choose one before I'm happy with watching it. And then, on, and that's on top of all the stuff with it not really showing the negative. Yeah, yeah. It's, Sorry, it's, I'm like this is me just processing right now. No, totally. No, 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 no. it's good. It's good to hash it out. And not just that, but also like the whole entire like murder mystery thing. I was just like, I don't know mm-hmm. if like I dig this like. This is taking this movie into a different direction. And if it were true, like, the thing is that we don't really know. If this was, like, based, like, if it were actually true, then it's like, oh, my God. Like, how did we not know this? But, like, that's not what this movie is about. And it just wants, it's basically creating drama for the sake of creating drama instead of talking about a man who actually had a lot of issues, you know? And that was my biggest issue. Like, instead of talking about the tragedy of this figure, it went and talked about just, like, the beauty that he produced. And it's yeah. just, I, I I think it's a disservice to just talk about the beauty of what he produced. And, and, it's, yeah. and it's kind of insulting that they were using his art style while doing it because the main point of it is that his art came from his pain. And it's like, you're yeah. using his art style to show him happy. Like, what is this? Yeah. And again, like, I know I've harped on the animation, but like, I just like remember watching it and thinking about the composition of those shots and there was nothing unique about them at all. And yeah. if you're going to animate something and you're careful about it, like what's the point of making it like essentially look like any other movie in terms of how it's composed? It just felt like a waste. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like they really like just were like, we're going to make the first fully painted animated film and then just kind of got stuck on that. And they're like, oh, we don't have to do a lot because it's already painted. So that's enough. And it's like, exactly. It would have been yeah. the same movie without the paint. And like, honestly, I don't feel like the paint added much, except that it was gorgeous. And it's a cool idea conceptually. But you take that away. It's essentially going to be the same movie if it was live action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, one last thing for this movie that this is something that always bothers me. Why is it? That, <laughs> why is it that when 
you are making a movie about some European country that's not your that's not England, and they're speaking in English. They have an English accent. Like French people don't speak with <laughs> oh, an English yeah. accent. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. But that's like they, a good question. Like they don't like. When have you heard of a German person speaking with an English? No, there's a thing called German accents. There's a thing called Swedish accents, and there's this thing called like I don't know like. These people are not English, so why are you making them out to be English? Like, I just, there's just this linguistic element to these things that I just do not appreciate. And I just, no, no. Also, I found the soundtrack to be kind of boring. Just yeah. on top of what you said. the soundtrack. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Sorry, I sorry to cut you off, Michelle. I mean, Beatrice, I just wanted to throw that in before I moved in on. Yeah, no, these are all good takes, I think. There you go. That is um, the end of our mini Loving Vincent podcast. Um, let's <laughs> go to Michelle for her number three. This is really going to be a divergent. Um, <laughs> my number three is Harold the Jungle movie. And this is mostly a decision I made like based on nostalgia because Harold was like one of my fave shows as a kid. I remember people like begging for this movie to be made for like a decade and the fact that it actually happened, like, is crazy, and they got, like, the creator back on board, and the main composer back on board, and, like, even though, like, some of the main crew, like, voice actors were too old, they, like, hung out in the studio all the time, and it just, like, it just made me super happy, and I think it, like, gave everyone the closure, essentially, that they wanted to the series since it got canceled, sadly, before it could have its own ending in its initial run, so... It was it was a fun movie. It it made me very nostalgic, and it felt very true to what the show was. So, it, uh, yeah, number it's my number three. Can I ask um, if anyone hasn't seen it, like like spoilers for like two seconds? But does like Helga get together with Arnold? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it happened. It finally happens for real. Okay, okay, uh, that's all I had to know. Okay. At the very end, he tries to hold her hand, she's like, no, but it's, like, so good. Oh! It's so okay. good. I, okay. I yeah, need to I see that still. I need to see that movie. Like, you I was on, I, I was on a work trip when it came out, and I was on a work trip for three weeks, and it was just, like, when I came back, I completely forgot this movie existed. I should have gone to, I should have made it, I should have seen it, and I feel bad that I haven't. Like, you, you know what? You can still find it online at Nick. It's yeah, probably still easy to track down. Okay, but was this like a a, a made for TV film or was this theatrical yes. release? Okay, it was yeah, it was made for TV. Okay, because the thing is, is that I saw it trending on Twitter, like the Hey Arnold, Hey Arnold movie, and I was like, oh, the trailer must have dropped or something. Like, oh, this is coming out in 2018 or something. I'm not gonna worry about it yet. So I didn't know it was already out. So I was just like, oh, man, it's I should out. see this movie. Just so watch it. It's so but- fun. But I'm going to have a hot take here. Having not okay. seen the movie, I do not like Arnold and Helga together. They, I do not like them together. I mean, I don't blame you because... I don't blame you, but it, I, I don't think it's going to... I don't think once they get together, they're going to be boring. I think that was my biggest fear, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's not that they're boring. It's that I don't think that's what Helga needs. <laughs> I don't think it's healthy. <laughs> that's my biggest thing. Yeah. I love I would trust her to do whatever she wants. Well, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> but anyway, like, yeah, I mean, who knows? Like I this think... is on, this is just on me watching the show. By the way, I have not seen. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they could have done it. Well. I can see the way they do it well. It's just from the stuff we have seen, I would be concerned for her. Her for her is the character's health. I Aww. I 
for care me, about yeah, yeah. Like for me, I like I love Helga as a character, mm-hmm. and also because the fact that she looked like her dad, she had a unibrow, and that was me yeah. at seven. So I was like, I, I'm all for Helga. Like I like she's my girl. But at the same time, I was like, like looking back, not at the moment, but looking back, I was like, you know, like that might not be the healthiest relationship. And, like, that might not be good, like, mentally for either of them. And, like, some of the things that she and Arnold, like, she would do to Arnold was, like, non-consensual and stuff. So I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. Like, looking back. But. This is fair. But at the same time, like, I loved Helga. And I was just like, and my younger self is like, who cares? They, They should get together. But at the same time, like, I, there is some discourse to be had about that. And. Like. Yeah. The big one, the big one's the kiss in that one TV movie. I forget the name of it. Where oh, they have to, like, yeah, they have to stay in the neighborhood. So that, I mean, that was not supposed to happen. Nickelodeon was kind of like, hey, Craig Bartlett, you're going to do this thing instead of the thing you want to do about the jungle. You have to do this. And he was like, oh, yeah. okay. But I think, but, but like, I think, you know. but I, I like the kiss because I think it really shows why that relationship isn't healthy. It, it shows that Helga you've been bullying Arnold for like years. It isn't just going to be, he's going to be okay with it when you say you love him. That's not how this works. Yeah. But I, I think, think just, there, yeah. there's a lot of fairness to that. I think the thing that made me okay with the ship of them was that Helga in her own like way, like she does like time and again, try to do things to help Arnold out when she actually acknowledges and like realizes yeah. he's like struggling and that both things remain true to this movie. She will help him out when he really needs help. And she also does things that are kind of weird. <laughs> Which, like, again, seems true to her character. So Yeah, no, no, that sounds completely yeah. true to her character. I, I still want to see the movie. And I want to see if they do it well and how they do it. But I don't know. Just gut reaction, I'd be worried. That's all. I think yeah. that, I think that's a, that's a fair take. It'll be, once you guys both watch it, it'll be cool to hear what your feelings are about what goes down i mean i think i think that i don't know i just think that maybe had the show not been canceled and had continued there would have been some progression and you would have seen some growth from her and something changed and it wouldn't have been so sudden you know so maybe that's why like that was like the end goal but character uh, helga the character wasn't there yet when it got canceled or something that's probably what happened i believe uh, that but yeah, so let's move on to number two. Um, who wants to go? Andy, go. <laughs> Jumping at the bit. Whoa. Okay. I was I was waiting to see if Michelle wanted to go. That's all. That's no, all. No I dead don't. air here. No dead air. <laughs> I just find it out, though. It's not a big problem. <laughs> oh, man. Number two. My number two is what we've already talked about a little bit, and I, I mentioned it. it or or Be- um, Beatrice, you mentioned it. It was Cars 3. Um, I I like this movie a little more than you. I like the plot a little more. I think I hold plot a little higher than the visuals because it's like the, again the visuals are really great in Loving Vincent, but they didn't hold my attention. Like I was bored watching Loving Vincent. I wasn't at least I wasn't bored watching Cars Three. Like I was there. I sat through it and I and I liked it. I think that it covered a lot of the same stuff Cars One covered. I do like the ending, like you do, Beatrice. But I did not like that um again it covered a lot of the same stuff it 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 covered a lot of the same themes the cars one covered i haven't seen cars one in a long time like maybe upwards of five years 
So that made me like Cars 3 more, I think. I think if I had like watched Cars 1, skipped over Cars 2, then watched Cars 3, <laughs> I would have liked this movie a lot less. Um, but without Cars 1 being in my, the forefront of my mind, I was, yeah, this is a fun little story about cars that make no sense. Again, this world make no sense. But ignoring that, um, I like that. I like the ending, and I like like all the stuff you mentioned, Beatrice, with the um, glass ceiling and and women in sports and stuff. Like this was this was Ooh, interesting. Okay, I didn't know that was what I was trying. To, I, I know Beatrice trying not to spoil, but I want to let people cool. know there's there's this stuff here that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, and and, and it, it was. I liked it. I think it didn't go far enough, though, in my opinion. I wish there are parts to the ending I think don't work, and I wish that they had done it a little differently and i wish the third act was structured a little differently but i do like that it ended in the place it did um i do have the same complaints about the visuals they are a little samey to the other cars movies but i do like that these characters these characters are fun all these characters are fun owen wilson as a race car is fun to watch he says wow like five times in his (laughs) in in his owen wilson way (laughs) uh mater's still funny mater's funny as a supporting character just gonna i'm gonna stand by that he is still funny even though cars 2 is horrible um yeah i I liked it i like this movie i can i am over the stupid hills that look like car parts though i'm done with that like if you look in the background every cars movie all the hills and like and mountains and stuff are shaped like cars or radiators or or engines, or hood ornaments, and it makes me want to punch something. So I'm like, we get it. Your world is filled with cars. We get it. I I, I definitely agree uh, with a lot that you've said. I I will say that it's interesting that you call this that this deals with women in sports. I saw it as dealing with women in tech and women in in like animation, like you know, because animation is like kind of like a marriage yeah. of tech and filmmaking. But, like, well, I mean, also films have tech in it, too. Whatever. Point is, like, there's a lot there that we that, you, that people can sink their teeth into. Yeah. Don't be discouraged by just the Cars 3 title or, like, the poster with just yeah. Steve McQueen. There's a lot there. Um, and for anyone who is like me and just always has, like, shipping goggles, like, this movie by the end made me ship <laughs> two cards. Like, what oh, is wow. this? Oh, two cards. Them? No, like, no, 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 oh, no, Andy, you no, no, no. No, no, not them. Um, oh. There's a reporter, <laughs> and they like go like they have their own wow moment at the end, and I was just like, oh, what is this? So yeah. Anyway, it, it was a simple. It was like a two second thing, and that was enough for okay. me. I just ran. Okay, with I, think it. I think I know what you're talking about now. But um, and she I was also- voiced by Carrie Washington, so I was just like, okay, I'm down for this. But, I also um, got a little sad because the what are they? Because one of the uh, car talk people have has died since the filming oh, of the first yeah. Cars movie. And they were those two brothers who owned Rusty's. And yeah. only and one of them is still voiced by the Car Talk guy. And the other is not. And it makes me really sad. Yeah. Aww. Is but, it true Pixar wants to do a plane movie? Oh, they, already so- they already what? did. What? <laughs> yeah, they did a plane one. Oh, no. Planes. Is it good? Or is it- no. I didn't watch it. Okay. I didn't know it was real. I thought it had it a was 25% a joke. on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my God. That, okay. 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 Came... You know, we, we should do this. We should do a live <laughs> blog. We should a watch plane? it and do a live blog on Discord. Oh my Plug God. Oh my Discord. God. Can it be a drunk live blog? 
Like I'm down. We'll so do like I a live thing on Discord. A podcast. I'm not getting drunk for a live blog. Oh yeah, typing is hard, but if it was just a live podcast reaction, like, we could that? do a voice chat. We could do like a voice yeah, chat yeah. thing. And oh. then just like watch it and then have, you know, again, plugging our Discord. Join us on Discord. It's a really great things. place to talk to us. I just love Discord. It's a great way to like talk to people. <laughs> wow. This movie came out in 2013. That is Oh, it did. How uh, did it get swept under the rug? Maybe they tried so hard to bury it because they were so yeah. embarrassed. It, oh, it's yeah, an adventure first... comedy. I am ready to go. 5%. Alright. Okay. Alright. Number two, Michelle. What is your number two? Oh, man. I don't think anybody but me saw this coming. Um, My number two. I think <laughs> I know what it two. is. I think I know what it is. Yeah, I think you do. When I received Captain Underpants. I knew it! What? <laughs> <laughs> serious, Andy. This movie was so important to me. I was like, I don't know. I think Captain Underpants, like the books, were like one of the first books I like actually like read seriously, even though there's like so many like comic panels inside those books anyway. I took it seriously. I bought all of them. I was in love with it. I thought it was so great. I wanted to draw comics for a living too. But, like, I don't know, a few movies have captured, like, a book thing so perfectly as this movie captured, like, the essence of what makes Captain Underpants awesome. And, oh, my God, just, like, seeing the animation, like, for, like, the initial books and, like, how they made it in 3D, like, it was so good. And the voice acting was so good. And it was, like, silly and creative in all these unexpected ways. And it was, like, really fun to watch. It was, like, a blast to watch. Like, it made my heart happy. Like, my kid heart happy. Which does not happen very often. Oh, no. Some some mystery person's calling me. Okay. Sorry. This is an exclusive. <laughs> no, it's not. But this movie is just... It was so much fun, and it it was like it was the nostalgia bomb I always wanted. Cause like I had nostalgia for things like you know Star Wars or like freaking Marvel and Superman. Like I don't care, I don't care. But Captain Underpants for me was is what that is to a lot of people. So it it was just so much fun to watch. I'm so glad they made it. I hope they make more. I hope it made enough money to warrant more. But like oh, it was so good. I loved these books as a kid. So you're saying I should go go watch yes! this movie? It is so in tune to what those books were. Okay. It is freaking... Like, they must have loved this. The people who, like, put this on and made this movie must have loved this stuff because they did a really good job paying homage to it. Is it is it, like, just an adaptation of, like, the first book? Or is it just, like, a reimagining? It's like a so Professor Poopy Pants is the main villain. Okay, okay. They just like chose the one they thought would work the best for a standalone. Okay, movie. but it also has like his origin story of being hypnotized by the hypno ring. So okay. it's like it explains his origin, but also has like a villain from like book four, I think. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, in their defense, book one's through one books one through three don't really have a uh, not, not like a single one. Yeah, no. I mean. I, I will say, and I don't want to say this to you, but... For it. Right, you gave us hot takes before when we did the podcast. Already. No, no, this isn't a hot take. This is just, this is a fact. Um, okay. Captain <laughs> Underpants... No, 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 no. This is, no, legit. Captain okay. Underpants made less money than the Emoji movie. No! Oh. Oh, the, thing is, the Emoji movie got so much, like, 
just like people freaking knew about it because they knew how bad it was. And I think in a way that got people to watch it more. So that doesn't surprise me too much. But that is such a bummer in terms of like who deserves money. But in my but but Captain Underpants budget wise was thirty eight million and it made one hundred twenty five. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's great. If they didn't, if they didn't spend a lot of marketing, maybe they'll make another one. Maybe it'll be worth it. Thirty-eight million, uh, like essentially an indie movie. Like thirty-eight million is almost for nothing. An anime but... movie. Yeah, it looks for... really good for thirty-eight million. It, yeah. it was. It was good. I, I I agree. Like I think as an ad for people who love that movie, like you need to see it. And it's a. I think it's a really well done animate like animated ver like film animated <laughs> version of it. Anime movie which like again cough cough i don't really feel like loving vincent did this movie had a distinct style which ferdinand didn't have and (laughs) you know it's just it's so good you should watch it yeah yeah i like i think you nailed it in that in terms of like doing something fresh with a previously established style it does that so, hundred percent agree. Um, if and if people haven't listened to our Captain Underpants podcast, it was really fun. And give it a give it a listen. <laughs> I'm plugging so many things. So my number two is going to be decisive because oh, no. it's number oh, two. You mean divisive? Okay, I think I know divisive. what this is. Then. And this, but this will be yes, divisive. Did I say decisive? You did. Very, yeah, uh, it's okay. English is not my first language, people. I am so sorry. Um, but yes, number two, which will be a great segue to what I'm assuming is your number ones. Oh, oh my God. Uh, my, number, yep. Yep. my number two is Coco. Coco, number two for me. Um, Yeah, I, when I was already thinking of doing this podcast, I was like, it's my number one. It's my number one. It's fine. But then I saw my number one and I was like, wait, I don't know if it's my number one yet. Um, yeah, I adore Coco. I, again, another podcast to listen to. Listen to our Coco podcast. It was a lot of fun. Um, it did so much for me as, like, an individual. Like, I I needed this movie. Like, I, I mentioned it before, but I lost two family members in very quick succession. And then this was, like, the next movie I saw. And it just, like, I sobbed. Like, in the theater, I just sobbed. This movie healed me. So I I love it. I adore this movie. But it just... There's just this kind of... I It's hard to talk about it when I can't talk about my number one. But oh. it's like... There's just this opulence to it that it doesn't need. Like, there are some shots in this movie that are so beautiful. That are just stunning. And I don't, I like, I, I, looking at the power that my number one has, it just made me wish, like, ooh, if they had just, like, restrained themselves instead of making it beautiful just because they're Pixar and they need that shot to prove that they are the best animators in the world. Like, you know, like, I just, it was, it's a fantastic movie. Like, for everyone else, it's going to probably be their number one. And I guess in terms of just, like, emotionally like it is my number one in a weird way because like it just touched me in such a way and it was a movie that I needed in such a way like it was like that it was Star Wars and it was Wonder Woman that made me cry and Train to Busan but that's a 2016 movie like 2017 (laughs) movies those were the movies that made me cry but this was the one that made me sob and there's something to that to like touch you so emotionally um 
and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The music is wonderful. Like, it's funny. Like, I can't get over Frida. I can't. I love it. I love that they had Frida in there, and she was ridiculous and wonderful, and I loved it. And she wasn't the butt of the joke. It was just Frida, and you just loved her. She's there. Yeah. It was great. I just loved it, and I love, like, some people maybe had issues with, like, the last act. For some people, it didn't work. For some people, it did. Some people were bored in the first act. Like, for me, it all worked. I just, it just really, it's just kind of like, for me, it was, would you rather, as your number one, have an indie that's, like, less money, but the things that they do with their limitations is so powerful, or would you rather have the movie that has all the money in the world and still produces something beautiful, but, I don't know, it's just, like, Coco is emotional, like, it's captivating, there's, it's, but still, like, there's, like, a fantasy, it, like, it still, like, revels, like, revels in the fantasy of animation and how it can, you can suspend your disbelief so often with animation and do things that in live action you can't get away with, and that's wonderful, but 2017 was very frustrating for me because there, it, I felt like there was just this limit to what animation means, at least in mm. terms of the U.S., and this movie is like the amalgamation of that. It's a kids' movie. It's beautiful and gorgeous, and yeah, it has some sexual innuendos in there, just for the parents. But it's still like there was like there are limits to what it can do. There are things that it doesn't say. It uses fantasy to say things it can't outright say. And number one doesn't do that. Number one straight up goes like shows you reality. I'm really excited for whatever your number one is. <laughs> I'm getting super sold on it. I, I think I know. I have it is. no idea what it is. Oh no, I think I know what it is because I've seen. I think I've seen the trailer for the movie that Beatrice is talking about. Okay. But you know, yeah, yeah. But um, but Coco. Like, if you've been on Discord, you'll know my number one. My number one is. But um, Coco. I again, I adore it. And any other year, it probably would have been my number one. In my heart, it's my number one. But. Just looking at everything, taking, and maybe in some cases, like in terms of plot and the way it delivers certain things, it may be superior to my number one, but just taking it all into account and its significance in meaning it overall into, in terms of the industry and stuff, I'm putting it at my number two. And that was a long rant about Coco, which I adore. But, um, let's talk about Coco, because I'm assuming that's your number one, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to go first? Michelle, go first. Uh, I'm not, uh, no more silences. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Coco's my number one. Um, uh, the thing with Coco for me is that, I mean, I, I made it number one because, like, objectively, I think it's, like, one of the best films that came out this year. And I, I don't think in conscious I could have put Captain Underpants as number one. <laughs> Um, but I mean, for me, I waited a while to see Coco and I've been seeing so many people talk about how great it was. And I was like, okay, cool. It's going to be really great. And it was really great. But there were, I think when you, Beatrice, you're saying some people took issue with like the first part, the last part. For me, the last part really kind of like bothered me for a number of reasons, mostly just like character decisions. Um, more than anything but like I cannot deny it is a phenomenal movie it has like such gorgeous animation it tells like a story that is very relevant to a lot of people 
And I mean, it's it's a fun take on a concept like going to. I was initially afraid it was going to be a ripoff of the Book of Life, but it takes it in a completely different direction with the Day of the Dead. And I love the idea they came up with. And I don't know. I think it's going to stand the test of time. I think like this is definitely a classic in the making for like a pillar of Pixar. So yeah, it. I had to put it as number one. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a return to form, I think. I guess uh, this and Finding Dory were Pixar's return to form in a way, in terms of just, like, ori- like original IP. Like, this mm. was this was really a return to form because yeah. the good dinosaur didn't necessarily meet expectations. No. Um, and, you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think starting with Finding Dory and continuing with Cars 3 with Coco definitely a return to form from Pixar. So, which makes 2018 more exciting. If this is what they can do, let's see what more they can do. But um, Andy, talk, tell me, why is Coco your number one? I will go really deep into this because you both have gone really deep and there, we had a whole podcast on this, why I love Coco. And I, I think I was really gushy on that podcast. I, and, just okay. to, and just to touch on stuff we, that you guys didn't touch on, I love the music in this film. This music, the music, not just like the songs where Miguel and all the other family members are singing. I love the, I love the background music, how it is just so, it just so much fits the world they're in, the, the place they're at. And it just, it makes it like the, and this is how you do music, right? It makes the entire film feel more deep. It makes the world feel more deep when the music feels like it's coming a little off screen because that's what it felt like all the time. It felt like the music was being played in the room with you sometimes it felt like it was just just a part of the world that miguel lived in and i loved it it was so good and i don't know just this this movie made me smile it made me cry it just i felt so good leaving the theater after seeing this movie and i i of the movies i saw this was very easily the best movie i saw this year and um i i love this movie i just love it i also just for to be fair i love i love musicals but this is not a normal musical. This is a little bit different than that. Yeah, this is not Frozen, guys. Yeah, yeah. this is not Frozen. Also, I would say, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Like, this movie kind of cemented my idea that I really want Pixar to make a PG-13 movie at some point. Like, a little bit more. So they can just touch on a couple of topics. Like, I don't want them to, like, have nudity or, or like, make curse and stuff. I just want them to go into some topics they can't go into in PG stuff. I really want that. Like After what kind six. of topics? I don't know, but I like. But I feel like there's people in that in whatever they want to. I don't want to tell them to cover something. Like they yeah. they find stuff to talk about, and I feel like there are people in that animation studio that have stuff they want to talk about, have st- stories they want to tell that can't really fit into a PG movie. There's plenty of stories like that. Like there's a reason that everyone was so excited for Logan because it's a it's it's a Wolverine story that couldn't really have been told in in the PG thirteen. And a PG-13 movie, they mm-hmm. had to do it in R. Like, and I'm sure there's tons of stories like that for, um, for an animated film like this. And I think Pixar is the only one that would be willing to do it. But we, ha- I, I, I don't. But even then, it'd just be a huge long shot for them to do it. I, I just really I want think, more. I think that's fair because I honestly, I'll say right now, my two biggest gripes with Coco were that like Ernesto de la Cruz turned out to be like such a one-dimensional villain. Yeah. You know, I, I wish we could have had something a little more complicated. Like, in there, you can't just be like, oh, he's a bad guy. He just did all the bad things. It's him. Yay. He gets what's coming to him at the end. Like, oh, it can just hide up in a neat bow. And also that, like, the stuff between, like, you know, the grandma and the granddad, like, was, like, ultimately resolved, which feels also kind of weird to me. Like, I feel like it wouldn't have been that simple. 
after everything that went down and how it affected like generations of that family for them to just end up together at the end. Those are the two things that bug me. Everything I, I, else felt so good. I don't think those are directly like related to the rating, but I do well, think like, that you know what I mean. Like, I think they're, like this, I think they're systematic. Yeah. Right. This, this, this need to tie things up in a clean yeah. little bow at the end so nobody feels like a little uncomfortable like wait but like that wasn't resolved which like you know disney i don't know if they would ever do that to a large extent like the feel goodiness is part of what makes disney its brand and i don't think taking that away to like something that needs to happen but it would have like, been a slightly different movie to be to be fair to disney like pixar tied up their films too like they weren't always as oh neat yeah as but this felt a little more disney neat than normal pixar movies like this wasn't ratatouille this wasn't wally where like it ended with something where you wanted something to happen like you were where you were curious what was gonna happen next like this movie like i'm done the the, the story's closed but like like i said ratatouille like remy had a whole life where he lived Mm -hmm. and he had a restaurant that was new Mm -hmm. wally like they were rebuilding earth like this movie it's like miguel's happy like that's it that's the end of the story the family's happy like and again, that's not indicative of the rating, but I do think that it's systematic of or systemic of like y- it, you're inclined to want to make things a little more clean when you right, can't get the deep topics. Yeah, and that's like kind of how I feel too. So I think we're on the same page in that regard. Yeah. Coco two is going to be about um, <laughs> um, all the unresolved issues with the family. No, 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 no. It's going to be like hit like his granddaughter, and he's going to name like she's going to be named Coco, and you know like keep the family name going, and then she's going to be like a superstar, and then so they're going to like yeah. So in like sixty years, we'll have Coco two. You're saying? Yes. No, 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 no. It's it's not in sixty years, but like like it'll like between Coco and Coco two, there'll be a time jump, and then. Maybe, like, he moves to the U.S., and then you have a whole, like, oh, what does it mean to be Mexican, Mexican-American exploration thing? I just, Pixar, hire me. Just hire me. That could be actually pretty fun. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's just a matter of, like, they don't want to get into topics that complex, Beatrice. Like, they don't want to get into these things that are, like, they're fine doing things when they can make it cartoony. Like, they're fine doing Inside Out, where they can make your emotions silly, but they can't make racial struggles silly i don't think or at least like on the surface simple like and i don't so i don't think they'll do it see but i don't know i wasn't going for racial struggle i was going for identity struggle in that there's like this disconnect between culture and like you know this clash of cultures that could be interesting that they could play with on top of like you could also do racial tensions there i i I, I meant i meant i meant personal things i meant racial. oh okay gotcha they're 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 uh, from a different culture and they're in a new culture I, I said gotcha, it wrong, gotcha. but I meant what you were saying. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, then you know what, Andy? I think you're going to really like my number one. Oh. I think you're going to really like it. Because is it a star sport? Is it what? Is it a star? Like the oh, star? Oh, yeah, the star. It's oh, my totally God. the star. You know? I almost thought like, of punking you guys by using that one. I was like, no, I can't be that mean. If Beatrice says the star, I might just like hang up the call and I'm just out of here. <laughs> But it has Mariah Carey and Kelly Clarkson, yes. you guys. It's Oprah. It has Oprah. Oprah. You don't know. I'll be honest. As, as a Jewish man, I'm kind of done with all like the Jesus stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm happy to say it is not the star. It is the breadwinner. It is <gasps> you, a... 
Yeah, I did see it. I think I'm the only one who's has seen it because they only showed it in like I think one theater, I guess. Um yes, The Breadwinner is my number 1. It is a PG-13 movie, Andy, so I guess maybe that's why it was able to talk about war and be honest about war cuz this is a war film. Um the plot is kind of Similar little bit, little bit to Mulan, a little bit, in that there is a little girl whose father was at one point a teacher, but it takes place in Afghanistan, and it's during Taliban, um, like, Taliban-controlled Afghanistan, and her father was a teacher, and he taught her how to read, he taught her, like, all this stuff, and he was all, like, for, like, women's rights and stuff, but um, after Taliban control, women lost a lot of their rights, and they were limited into what they could do. And one day, her father was taken by the Taliban and thrown in jail. And it's a family of just girls and one baby boy. So um, they need, and the only people who can make money in that, in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan are men. So what does, what happens? She is young enough to cut her hair, disguise herself as a little boy, and go out and become the breadwinner of the family. And it's just this story that is so honest and so beautiful and subtle. Subtle in that it doesn't need opulence to tell us any, like to have us enamored with its beauty. Mm-hmm. And the best way I can describe it is that in the little girl, in the girl's design, oh God, I can't remember her name, but um, she has these two lines underneath her eyes, like one underneath each eye. And that's it. Just two lines. And that tells you so much about her character. Because she's, like, really young. She's, like, nine, ten years old. She already has these, like, bags under under her eyes. She's not from the richest family. So you know that that has to do with malnutrition. You know that that has to do with the stresses that a young woman, a girl faces living in such a misogynistic society. Just being depressed. Being frustrated. Just being so hopeless in such a world. And those two lines, just those, like, the movie doesn't, it shows you, like, how people, how women are treated. It shows you those limitations. But it also doesn't tell you, this girl feels this way. Yeah. You just know from those two lines under her eyes. And then, you know, as she opens up when she becomes dressed as a boy, suddenly she has this freedom. And she's able to do all this stuff. And she just, it's this beautiful, beautiful movie. And it's honest about war. It's vi- it shows violence. It's, it's not gory or gruesome in any way. Like, I understand why it was given the PG-13 rating, but I could also under... Like, if The Incredibles was given a PG rating, this movie should have been given a PG rating. I think the only difference is, is that this one's actually based on truth. It's based mm-hmm. on reality. This isn't a fictional world where there are superpowers. This is something that happened, that is happening, and... It doesn't shy away from showing the anger in a, in a man's eyes when he's brainwashed into extremism. Like he, like you will see rage in these eyes. And it's just, it is just a powerful movie. Again, it's, there's certain elements in this movie that, in the way the story, a story is told that may not work for someone and work for others. It worked for me, but, there are definitely things in it that could be nitpicked, could be discussed in whether or not they're successful. 
I think the voice, the voice casting, like the acting in this movie is phenomenal. I think more so than, than, than Coco. I think this movie just, the acting is just stellar. And I, I just adore it. I adore it. And again, there are little things I change and nitpick maybe just to make it a little bit smoother. But a lot of movies have this. Like, I think there's only two movies this year that I saw that I'm like, I don't need to change anything, good or bad. And none of them are animated, so we're not going to get into them. But, um, yeah, the breadwinner, guys, like, I know that it's not going to get a wide release because they never do. G-Kids never gets wide releases with its films, and it's really frustrating. But when it comes out on DVD, Blu-ray, because, again, they also don't stream their movies. so Oh, they don't. Okay. They don't. So, I mean, but, again, it's from the people who made Song, Song by the Sea. And the the and Secret the, Kales, the Oh yeah, Kales. I saw that on Netflix. Maybe this one will get released on Netflix. Ooh, yeah, soon. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like it's also part of that. Um, like that's the one I like. I know it's like I know that Coco won the Golden Globe recently. This is the one I was rooting for. Um, yeah, it's just it's an incredible movie. It's an honest movie, and it really shows you. Like if I put it in comparison to Coco, it just shows you the formulaic nature of Pixar movies that we're just, we've grown accustomed to. And also mm-hmm. Disney movies. It shows you the opulence of these major blockbuster animated movies and that they're not needed. Like, again, like there is that shot in Coco where you see the, like, the actual world of the dead. And it's that beautiful shot that they spent, like, an, uh, they had a segment before the movie explaining how they made it. For people who like came early, um, and it's this beautiful, Which I hated. beautiful that's shot. Segment, that's yeah, segment, yeah, that you hate it. That's the worst thing ever because <laughs> it ruins the moment. Because it shows you the moment where you didn't have to, even though the trailer also showed it. Yeah, but um, it it had this beautiful, beautiful, like gorgeous shot of this world that it never goes into, that never explores. There's no real need for it. You take that shot out, and nothing is lost from Coco. No, this movie doesn't need that it just needs those two little lines under the eyes to like sell you the power the the messages this movie has the themes it's dealing with and the realities of war and life there during that like it's right before the Afghan the war on afghanistan it's right before it I, and yeah I, I again i've not seen the movie, so i can't touch on anything you're talking about that i am really excited to see this movie and i think it's like everything that me and michelle were talking about with like pg like maybe a pg-13 yeah. pixar thing like this covers things you just can't really talk about PG. But I think I want to, before I move on from this, like I want to touch on like, I do want to say like this, I do think that it's not bad that Coco had that moment, that animation. I think it's okay that it had it because there are things that animation can do that live action can't do. And they made, maybe they shouldn't have spent as much time as they said they did on that shot, but it was an important shot to show this is an otherworldly place. It showed that it was different. You can't do that in live action as cheaply as you can in anime. Not that animation is cheap, just that you can make, you can form your world through animation. And they did that. And I'm sure that the breadwinner does it too, just like you've been talking about. But these are just two very different ways of doing it. And we kind of were talking about with Loving Vincent. Loving Vincent could have done it. They could have formed a world for us to love with through animation. And this is why we watch animation because we see all this stuff. And I don't know where I'm going with this, just that. I don't want to. I don't want to just. I don't want to say that that scene was 
pointless in Coco, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. No, I think, like, there is, like, it does have, like, an emotional resonance in that. It makes you wonder. It makes you in awe yeah. of that world. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, I just think that there's just little subtler things in The Breadwinner that actually touch upon, like, oh, like, that even without having mentioned it and it being part of the plot, it tells you yeah. so much. And it's so much more meaningful, is what I'm saying. It's more meaningful than that, even though it that does have emotional resonance. Yeah. It, what this does to you is, like, heartbreak. And I feel like heartbreak is much harder to accomplish but- than yeah. wonder yeah like, just like with and it does it with so much less so i uh, think like, asking, that's what i was trying to say what, what i'm asking is does it do it through the animation like is animation the reason that this movie resonates that's what i'm kind of asking i guess or is it animation just because it's animation no i think it's 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 like i like it's the it's those two like again i keep going back well, to those two well, lines, I, I, just, I like, like you're the, talking about that yeah, but it's, like, those two things, like, they again, like, that's purely, like, me taking, like, uh, on top of just, like, the environment they live in, but those two little, that des- that decision to give her those two little lines is similar in vain to that decision to, sh- to show that world in Coco. It's, like, it's just, it's something that offers you insight into life that they're going through, but without, it's showing, not telling. Like, yeah. both of them are showing, not telling. And I'm just saying, like, this, with The Breadwinner, it does it with so much less Whereas with Coco, it does it with so much more. And it's just kind of like, it just may, it just kind of really resonates just like the, the, there is like a beauty in subtlety, even though there's also beauty in opulence. Like that shot yeah. is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it's not a detractor of the movie. Like absolutely not a detractor. But there, like, I don't know. I just like, for me, it's like the fact that th- those two little lines were so powerful for me, I was just like, wow, like that did more for me than that shot did and how much like more like was spent on that shot like yeah. just in my economic based mind in the because like just in that I was like wow like those two things made me understand this character in a way that without them I wouldn't have gotten yet this beautiful shot that I would want framed in my wall only told me that this is a beautiful world on top of like but yeah. also it in a hidden way also being like wow Pixar's so amazing I think, versus the, you know that's what I'm trying to say not that neither is bad just that I was just like the reason this is my number one is that with so much less it was so much more powerful no I get what you're saying I'm just trying to talk about animation in general because there's a reason we're talking about animation here but I think yeah, yeah. I think that and I think there's kind of a through line here because I think the reason that loving Vincent the painting stuff falls so flat is that it doesn't tell us anything in the end the painting stuff was just so they could paint something exactly it, it, it never looks the same as any movie would have looked yeah, it's not special. Well, and not even that. It's just like you. Can't, it doesn't create any scenes that are interestingly constructed. Like that's what I example, mean. Like yeah, like the shot compositions are very yeah, like, a, like. A good example of what I'm talking about is maybe the newest Steven Universe episodes that just came out. There is a dream sequence that is done in that those episodes that couldn't really be done in live action, but it's yeah. but it tells you so much about characters and the world, and it wouldn't have worked in any other medium besides animation. Loving Vincent could have been a live-action movie and nothing would have been lost. Literally nothing besides this gimmick that it had. And totally, I, and, totally. And, I, and, I, and that's what I'm kind of asking about. And you kind of explained about Breadwinner. I'm excited to see what it does with animation that the reason it is animated, not live-action. That's what I'm excited I think, to see. You know, I think the reason, personally, that the reason it is animated is that it's, it's something that can be consumed by younger audiences. Like, I was surprised when I heard that it was PG-13. And then I kind of thought about it. I was like, okay, I get it. I get why it's PG-13. 
because it's some it's it's some hard stuff. But like I would like put this for a ten year old and show it to them. Like it's it's not like violent. No, in, I, I get in, that. In, in, yeah. in, in, in. It's violent in the way of how open it shows rage and misogyny, but it doesn't necessarily like show blood or something. You know what I mean? It just shows war in a way that only animation can get away with in that it can be consumed by younger audiences. And the perfect example is Avatar. I mean, that's a show about war and it doesn't shy away from a lot of stuff. Definitely won't get it. Doesn't definitely, I assume, doesn't get as deep as the movie you're talking about. But animation goes into war a lot more than for younger audiences than things that other things. So yeah, that's, it does surprise me that it's PG-13 because I definitely saw the trailer and thought it was a PG movie. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, I'm, inter- I'm really excited to see this movie. I, I am excited to see this Beatrice. And I hope you like it. I, I, I adored it. I just have to find um, a way to watch it. I just have to find a yeah. way to watch it. Yeah, that's that's the that's the trick for all these like smaller movies. If they're not Disney or Pixar or DreamWorks or Illumination, it's like, how can we see them? Even if they're from Japan, it's hard to see them. Yeah, but like, um, your name, which was an enormous movie, like took me forever to watch and find. Even though it I was saw an it on enormous a, yeah. movie, I saw it on a plane. Like I saw it on a plane, and no, 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 what? no, like, 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 I saw it on a plane on a flight, and. I like the I arrived halfway through the movie, so I had to wait until I got on another plane oh to God. watch the end. Like <gasps> cliffhanger <laughs> to the max, you guys. Like it was rough, but um, but yeah. Um, so before we finish, because we've gone through all of our top five, I want to talk about this year, this upcoming year, twenty eighteen. So, what do you guys hope? to see in animated films this year? Like, what are some hopes, expectations, trends you hope to see, uh, Michelle? I think more risks in terms of just stories. Like, I'm, I'm getting really tired of just, like, you know, sequels and, like, third and fourth leads of franchise. I want to I see some fresh new ideas, some hot takes um, on completely new concepts that don't necessarily completely adhere to, like, strict formulaic plot things that I think, you know, some brands are very known for. I would I would just like to see more risks taken across the board. Cool, cool. Andy, what about you? I'm in a similar place to that. Like I want more risks. I'm there are some specific movies I'm excited for. Like I'm excited for um Incredibles 2, obviously. I'm worried yes. though because it's a sequel, but I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited for that um Wes Anderson movie. A lot of people I've talked about talked to talk to have been thinking it looks bad. I don't know. Maybe I've just Maybe it's like Wes Anderson more, but I'm really excited for Isle of Dogs, and mm-hmm. that that's there's that that awesome Spider-Man movie that that I saw that trailer for. What's it called? Um, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man into, into, into the, the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse with Miles Morales, and that's like that movie is a movie where I'm like, please be PG-13. It's animated. You could make it PG-13. It's fine. It's a Marvel movie. All the Marvel movies are PG-13. Please, like, because it just looks so gorgeous, and I hope it. I hope it like lives up to the. Uh, I guess I guess it just how pretty the movie looks. I hope it lives up to how pretty it looked in the trailer. But then there's a lot of like really sequels I just didn't really want. I don't need a Wreck It Ralph two. I don't need another Hotel Transylvania movie stuff like that. So I hope there are some risks that aren't clear from the movies. There's a Madagascar four coming out next year. Yeah. What? There is. Wow. There is. Why? <laughs> but I, I, mean... I guess. My hope is that some of these movies I'm looking at right now, I'm just looking at a list, are more, um, take more risks than it looks like they are. Because other than a couple ones I named out, they all look like they're going to be pretty, 
whatever movies, but I'm I will be happily surprised if they're good, and I will gladly go buy tickets and go watch any of these if they're good. Fair, fair. Um, for me, what I'm hoping for is a change in a in a I guess in a statistic slash fact I have, which is that Despicable Me three is the highest grossing animated film of 2017. Ugh. It's it is the number four. <laughs> Um, highest grossing animated film of all time. It is number wow. eight domestically for this year. It's number four worldwide. Um, I want, I hope that for 2018, the movie that is not just resonant critically and by people who care deeply about animation also resonates with the mainstream, with audiences, and audiences support it because... They're like, you know, that's the thing. When Despicable Me 3 is the highest grossing animated film in 2017, they're going to make a Despicable Me 4. They're going to make a Minions 2. And not that they can't possibly be good. It's just that um, given their track record, they haven't been. And I just hope that there's, um, there's just a trend where suddenly the interests of the public versus the interests of the... Those passionate about animation um, parallel each other. That's what I hope for this year, for this coming year. And I mean, my next question was most anticipated film of 2018. Oh, I'm sorry. Which you kind of touched. No, no, you're good. You <laughs> touched on it a little bit, Andy. Because um, it's Incredibles 2, which is exciting. Yes. And I can't believe you're not excited for Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's, I, it's- I, okay, for the record, I love the first Wreck It Ralph movie. I am just waiting to see what they do with the sequel. Like, I'm just like. I'm worried it'll just make me not like the characters as much as I liked them after the first movie. Because I love it. I loved, I loved, I forget what her name is, Sarah Silverman's character in that movie. Yeah. Like, I, I cried when Ralph is flying towards that volcano. I cried when he, when he said the bad guy thing. Like, I love this movie. I don't want them to ruin the characters for me. That's what, that's why I didn't name it. That's why I said I'm worried about it. That's fair. That's fair. I will say, though, that what makes me excited is that they're going into the internet, which is something yeah. completely different from the first film. Like, they it weren't is. in yeah. So, and I don't know how, I don't know if you want to hear, like, I don't know if it's going to be a spoiler, because I don't even know it's going to be in the movie, but they did show something at D23 this year, which, like, that was kind of on, like, what, like, they gave a taste of what Ralph Breaks the Internet's going to have and bring. I'm I'm fine if you talk about it. Like, I won't feel bad if you say anything yeah so so i think from what i again it's i read it from the internet which isn't always reliable and i really hope that they touch they make a joke about that in that movie um so apparently there's a scene where you have like where uh you have sarah silverman's character like coming face to face with the disney princesses and technically she is a disney princess but it's like all of them and there's like a fight and they somehow like I don't know it's just like really cool to kind of see the Disney princesses like in a like the internet version of them I don't know there's just it kind of just shows you like what they could do they kind of do they can kind of do something that again I haven't seen the movie I haven't read the book but Ready Player One which is a movie that's coming out in March kind of does a lot of that and that incorporates a lot of pop culture references in there and I'm excited for that I would love pop culture references. The thing I have issue with is exactly what you're talking about, though. I want video game references, but they're just using that as another like t- place to put Elsa. It sounds like they just want a chance to put Elsa into another movie. When when I it, don't it, know. It, like I want when I hear Wreck-It Ralph, I want references to like old time, like because I was so happy they focused on an arcade in the first movie because they 
they talked about real video game stuff and they and it felt like a love letter to arcades the entire thing this doesn't feel like a love letter to video games this feels like sort of like emoji movie a sideways move from the emoji movie to me like i'm not i don't i mean i don't know i think i'd have to disagree with that because like so many video games like current video games are online so there is this kind of like okay like now we're gonna like i feel like before like wreck it ralph was like arcade video games and now we're gonna move on to like that switch into the new video games that currently are being played if that makes sense no no i get that that culture but when i hear that you're talking about like the disney princesses that doesn't feel like video games that just feels like the internet like i'd love for them to make stuff about like parodies of like because of like world of warcraft and stuff and parodies of like all like the little facebook games and stuff like that's the place to do it I'm, i would love to see the way people consume games now compared to the arcade that'd be fun but i'm worried that they're going to just focus more on the internet than the actual internet games if that makes sense that's fair that's fair again though like disney princesses have probably been in video games oh no they have i just feel but but it just feels like a cop-out to me that they're going to focus on disney princesses and games instead of like hey there are plenty of real video games that existed like i don't know like i'm like because this doesn't sound like we're gonna have like references to like mario or street fighter or like we're not gonna have like zangief like there just in the middle of nowhere or like Hubert. like this doesn't feel like that's gonna happen in this movie and i love those things in wreck it ralph again what i what i i'm talking about is just one scene and i think that's I, like I might be the only time that they show up that might be like you know we don't know yet yeah i know um, and i'd be fine but, if it's the only time but it does worry me that that is the one scene that they're like oh get excited people for the scene because that's not the scene that would make me excited to watch wreck it ralph gotcha gotcha well again we no trailer out yet so we'll we see don't, how he... we went so deep on wreck it ralph too but we did it's wreck it ralph it's like of course we're gonna go deep but yeah um also very excited about isle of dogs i'm nervous because there's a very large white cast even though it takes place in japan and even though the main character, the main boy, is, like, Japanese and he's only speaking Japanese, it's like, I'm a little worried. Even though Yoko Ono's in it, which is exciting. But, um, but yeah, Isle of Dogs, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Oh. It's going to be an exciting Why are they animating How the Grinch Stole Christmas? The, like, short is so perfect and classic. Why? I don't know. I but mean, why was it... Who? What was it? That movie about the 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 elephant? I think it's what it was. Or no? Oh, it was, no here's who? Yeah, that one made a lot of money, so I feel like that's why. Uh, but Michelle, what is oh, your oh, most anticipated? Oh, um, oh, yes. the, uh, the 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 one with the trees. The Lorax. Yes. Lorax. The Lorax is a bad. Like that's. But I think it made a lot of money. Oh yeah, probably did. That came out a while ago. Yeah, it did come out a while ago. But, um, Michelle, what is your most anticipated film of 2018? I don't know. I haven't honestly been, like, until they're, like, out. I, I haven't really been thinking about them. I am really excited about the second Incredibles movie. It's probably, like, my top one. But I'm I'm excited for the Record Ralph sequel also. But I, I haven't been keeping tabs. That's fair. That's fair. But, um, but yeah, that does it for us. Um, find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our 
patron of the podcast, Danny. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.